It's the week of September 24th, and this is MASHcast number Another edition of the Mash Those Buttons Mashcast. I'm Jared. I'm here with senior editor Rob Hill Williams. Hello, everybody. And also here with contributor Nick Zalinkevich. Hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah, actually, this week Nick is the odd man out because we decided like maybe it'll help our communication a little bit if we do this with webcams. Nick, no webcam. Yeah, I have one, but I kind of don't. So. You can thank Dell for that. And also, you know, Mikey's <laughs> not even here. Yeah, so we don't even know if he has a webcam at all. So you might not be alone, Nick. <laughs> if, 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 if you could see me, you would see I am with my, my throngs of fans, so I'm, I'm never alone. Oh, oh I, I thought that it was going to be forever alone, because, you know, your, your face would just get really sad on the, your, your profile picture. There. He has a webcam. <laughs> he, he has one, but, you know, he just doesn't want us to see the tears going down his face. I actually, I, cry. I broke it because I, I cried too much and it got soaked with tears and it shorted out. So <laughs> You can hear it in his voice. You hear, you hear that? Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's cracking sadness. a little bit. Just, well, you know, you know yeah. Mikey's not here to be all... All dejected when we start off, so somebody's got to bring it down. Got to take his place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's get into it. And Rob, what have you been playing? Um. Well. Oh no. Never mind. We're gonna talk about that later. Torchlight Two. Um. For a little bit. Um. Also played Borderlands Two. No surprise. Guild Wars Two. No surprise. That's it. <laughs> I can't even I can't even lie between Borderlands and Guild Wars 2 I don't even I'm probably not going to play anything else until friggin' Assassin's Creed comes out honestly wow. I just it, right in the veins just both arms just out waiting for it mm. so that's it okay both, all fantastic but that's it well, we already <laughs> talked to talked to him to death pretty much like, exactly that's why I'm like I'm not even gonna there's nothing to say I played those games again. All right. Uh, Nick, what about you? Uh, let's see. Still playing Hero Academy. I've been playing... Uh, well, Mr. Pandaria came out. I wish I could say I've been playing that more, uh, but I'm really just scratched the surface. I mean, it's wow, so there's really nothing... At this point, there's nothing too much to report. Um, <laughs> if I do have anything to say, I'll put it in wow thoughts. But uh, what would you say? Pandas. You know, what I felt, you know what I thought was funny is... Uh, I guess Rift has the expansion coming out soon for them, and they've got commercial or little ads all on the uh, on the WoW sites that I go to, and they're giving a, a dollar for every copy purchased to uh, like save the panda charities. <laughs> really? Because so, I'm looking and there's like a bunch of like you know armed medieval fighters in a panda. I'm like, is this for WoW? And I'm like, no, it's for Rift. I'm like, ah, that's that's oddly you know like cleverly yeah. subversive, but 
It is. Uh, but uh, no, so I'm playing that all. And uh, oh, the the other thing that I've been playing, which I love, 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 is FTL, Faster Than Light, um, which is I kind of want to say, and you 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 know I have a very limited scope to be speaking from, but I kind of want to say it's the game of the year. Um, for as simple as it is, I it, it, I think it encapsulates. It, it's it's almost like pure, perfect gameplay, um, where you pilot a little ship out in you know into the universe and. Uh, you know, you get to do some missions and get to uh, basically it's 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 really more manage you know resource management of you know how do you you know stock up your weapons versus how do you you know keep your crew alive how do you keep the ship going from fight to fight um, I'm it's only like ten dollars on Steam I highly recommend it um, I've been enjoying the hell out of it so FTL faster than light Nick approved. I, I have heard very good get things about the game, but I think that us doing videos is the worst idea ever because of the face that Jared gave you when you were like game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm sorry it doesn't have the story. You can see my judgment now. <laughs> the very scope of Max Payne. There's no, uh, you know, no, no, no uh, redemption there. Well, it's but, not even uh, that. That wasn't the deal. The thing is, like. We, we, you even said you have the limited scope I going know, on. I know, And it's kind of like, it's like the only movie, you, it's like somebody having the only movie they see be like that Jason Statham movie with the Asian girl, and be like, that's game, that's movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was like, I thought that was really great, man. That was a good, that was a good oh. movie. <laughs> but no, but I, I, I think my argument is, it's really, I, I'm saying that, I would say it's, it's one, I guess my point is that, if you, it's, it's like, gaming distilled i mean the graphics aren't like you know like super super insane but they're perfect for what the game is the, the, the sounds so so um right. but it's but even then like as far as like the alerts and stuff it's perfect for what the game is it's one of those things where it, it did everything it needed to do and it did it so perfectly that like there's no there, it, it's it doesn't have any like superfluous f elements it didn't miss anything it's it, it you know like it, it does exactly what it has to do and, it, and i think in that respect it's perfect and so it's hard to take something that's sort of perfect and say you know it, you know it sh- i think it should be in the running at least maybe you know probably like i basically i said it probably shouldn't be game of the year but uh, it could be like you know if out of the list of 10 games it could be number 10 no, you know, i mean like i you know maybe if you're talking yeah I'm, i could certainly see it for indie games like i've heard nothing but good things about the game i'm not i haven't played it personally but right. i've heard nothing but good things the one thing i kept hearing and i don't i mean maybe you can confirm or deny but i keep hearing that like it's it's actually like a perfect game for like you know like a tablet yes and uh, and that's actually the one thing that i kind of lament is that it's not on like android because i'd love to play this on my phone probably like all the time um but yeah it, I mean, it, it could totally fit that way there's nothing about the interface that requires i mean it's a lot of point and clicking which you can just you know touch here touch there right and you're fine there's nothing there's no i mean there, from an interface perspective there's no reason why they couldn't make that jump all right okay i mean like i said i, I didn't think it was a bad game just when you said you game of the year i was just like really well, you know, I haven't had any, I haven't really felt like I've had a game played anything that I felt like was game of the year quality yet this year, and it's already September, so I needed something. Well, that's because you need to branch out, man. I keep talking to you about it. I'm have worried you, about your Mass gaming Effect life. Mass Effect Two is my game of the year, then. <laughs> <laughs> you do know a game of the it's the game of this year, right? <laughs> you know, th- this video thing might be a bad idea because my face just had my entire expression. I didn't feel the need to. 
to hide <laughs> anything or say anything. Yeah, express no. it over, you know, over voice. Or just, just look at Nick's, <laughs> look at Nick's still picture. Is, is there a button <laughs> when, where, like, I can be replaced with, like, a troll? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic. I wish uh, your video worked. I'd like to see the... The, the 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 expressions going back and forth while things are being said. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So I don't have any game of the year talk <laughs> this year this time around, but um, I have been playing uh, more Borderlands. Discovered something that was pretty interesting. I uh, discovered that when uh, some of the dungeons have multiple endings. Well, I guess primarily two. Um. But, um, yeah, so, we, you know, me and Mikey and his boyfriend, we did this uh, this uh, one dungeon. Uh, and if anybody's played, it's the one where you go to try to save Roland. Uh, you know, he's he, he was taken hostage or whatever. Um, so we go there. Me and the group that we had, we, you know, we get to the end. We're fighting to get Roland out. And the thing that has Roland takes Roland and flies away. We just thought that was part of the actual, um, you know, mission. Well, I got a chance to replay that part specifically, or that dungeon specifically, and then me and the person who did it this time, we we broke him out. And he fought with us. And the result was two totally separate quest lines. Like, if, uh, if, you, if you don't get him out, you get spawned in this... Uh, I forget what the lady's name is, but she's like, uh, she's an NPC, the really fat one they were showing. Uh, I forget what her name oh, is. Oh, Scooter's sister. Yeah, Scooter's sister. That he, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't remember her name. Is that Ellie or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so it was like Scooter's sister, you, you spawn back to her if you don't get him out. If you do get him out, you spawn back in Sanctuary because you need to meet with him. And I haven't gone that far yet. So those. It was really, it was interesting, like, uh, now, it, it, that replayability options are, you know, are, are there, just, just with that, because I don't know how many, like, how deep does it go, how many dungeons do you get to do versus how many you don't get to do, you know? Right, and how different is the story at the end if, you know, old vault hunters make it out or don't make it out, too. Exactly, so, that's, that's the one thing, that's my, my Borderlands 2 learning this week. Uh, and I did finally get a chance to play with all of the classes. Uh, Assassin has to be my favorite, followed by, I'll say the Siren. Uh, the Gunzerker is third, and then I'm just not really feeling the Commando. I'm not um, a huge fan of the Commando, even though he is the funniest to listen to. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't really like Zero's lines in this game. He is flat out weird, and it's great. That's why I like it. Like, I I like how other people that I play with react to what he says. They're yeah. like, oh, God, you just shot that dude in the head, and he just got really weird and creepy. Like, oh, yes. No. <laughs> like, it, it, like, he always just says something, you know, something that's, I guess, supposed to be kind of zen, yeah. but it's totally about murdering somebody. A lot and of it his just lines are like weirds high, other people out. Yeah, a lot of his lines are haiku, but... Yeah. Sometimes, like, he just states the obvious, but he does it more than the other characters. Yeah, he does. You know, but, um, you know, the siren, she's not really funny. She just, I don't know, like, actually, yeah, she, 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 she talks the least, I think, out of everybody. And the gun zerker, he just, like, Mah! like, that's pretty much what he does, like, and, and talks like a, you know, like, a, you know, like, he's challenged. You know, <laughs> but, um, challenge, yeah, challenge. 
Air quotes. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting ready Reapers. to do. <laughs> I'm getting ready to do a uh, a charity stream, so I'm trying to. You know, kind of watch what I say. I can't be on a charity stream. I can't be on a children's charity stream saying retard. Fucking retards. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Fucking retarded dudes. Yeah, you know. Fudging challenged. Yeah, they're they're challenged. But um, yeah, the commando is actually the funniest out of the group. But I, he, I, he's the least my least favorite to play with. Um, but other than that, I did play Torchlight too. We're gonna get into that in a minute. But I did play Hawken. I haven't played that much. And it's a pretty fun game. Um, in terms of actual gameplay, I do think they need to increase the amount of damage each mech can take. Because we're talking about mechs here. We're not talking about shooting people. You know, and it kind of feels like you're shooting people at the, how fast they die or how fast they blow up. Like, I'm talking about like, you know, a game that, had, that, was a, that was great at relaying mech damage was like Frontline Assault. Like, when you fought in Frontline Assault, it really felt like you were fighting machine versus machine. Especially when you fought bosses. Especially when you fought bosses. Um, but they, that it's just not there uh, in Hawking. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's still a lot of fun to play, but I think it should be more of a back and forth. I mean, of course, if you have a, if you have a, uh, a mech that's, like, super heavy and shoots, like, 12 missiles at a time... That's one thing, but just taking the like you know the amount of damage you take, which taking bullet damage, I think it should increase that a little bit. Visually though, if you want to see what Hawking like looks like, that tech demo that they showed a, a year ago, that's how it looks. Exactly how it looks like they did not skimp at all. It is a beautiful game in the in the aspect that it's it's kind of it's it looks like a futuristic city. Uh, we're talking like Blade Runner here, you know Blade Runner. Total Recall, stuff like that. Like it, it kind of looks like that. It's it's really cool. And the movement, like you know, the city is is it's, it's a city and it's made for tight corridors and movement. So you know, you could be fighting and then like you use your boost to like duck out of the way real quick behind some buildings or you know behind the corner. And it was just good. I'm looking forward to playing it more. That's one of the. I'm in that alpha. I still have Smite to play. I've had that that key for a long time and um, Firefall, but just. Been too busy playing Borderlands. <laughs> I'm fucking fairly convinced I'm never gonna get an invite to the Firefall beta. I swear to God, I would I sent in a thing for it like right after like PAX this year. Oh yeah, nothing. got nothing. I'm like really, that's like the only game I didn't get into a beta for this year. <laughs> Actually, I I applied for the Firefall beta like the day it became available, and I'm just now getting it. Oh. You wow. know, like I just like a couple weeks ago. I think I might have an extra one, so I'll probably just shoot it to you. I gave it to Mikey, but he never did anything with it. So, losers, weepers, huh? Right. Yeah, he's not even here today. <laughs> <laughs> so, shit. So, yeah. But um, let's talk about the game of the week, which was Torchlight Two. We decided. Um. So actually, Rob's first time playing Torchlight was just today, a couple hours ago. What'd you think? I mean, I enjoyed it. It 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 seems very much like the first Torchlight. I mean, it's better graphically, but I mean, it's still got the pets. Uh, you can like send them to town for you, and after you put items on them, like they're they're really useful. Like they, it doesn't really like waste your time. Like okay, I got to make a portal, go back to town, sell stuff. Like you can just throw stuff on your pet if you just want them to hold stuff, or throw stuff on your pet and send them off to town. They you know they fight with you, although it's limited usefulness. And there's so many of them, they're so cute. I don't know. Um, 
I mean, like, it seems like a little bit overbearing, I guess, at first, just on the basis of, um, like, you get a lot of options in Torchlight 2, and it's and it's impossible not to compare it to Diablo 3, but you do get a lot of a lot of choices as far as, you know, like skills, like what skills you, you use, you unlock, um, like all of your stats and everything, whereas Diablo is pretty much like, here's a tree, but like you can choose, you know, trees of like, here's three things that you can choose from. Here's three other things you can choose from, but only one of those three things for each of those goes into a single slot. Like, it wasn't just, it like, Torchlight throws the book at you and just lets you kind of go with it. So it's a little bit to get used to at first. But um, past that, I, I feel like it's a better game, probably going to be a better game than Diablo. It's a little early to tell, but also everything I saw about it before, you know, when it came out was that it was huge. Like, it was much bigger than Diablo as far as, like, how how broad and deep the world is and how many quests and things there are to do. Whereas Diablo is pretty much a straightforward bang, 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 go through the three acts and, you know, do it over again. That was like, you know, the replayability in Diablo. So I like it so far. But you know, it's well it was like an hour, two hours of playing. Yeah, two so. hours of the plan. I mean this is I, I didn't play the first Torchlight. This is, you know, my first time playing the series and I mean everything's new to me. I didn't know that there were pets in the first Torchlight. You know, I didn't know, you know, maybe that's part of my problem. Um, that I, I don't know the enemies that well and the elements that well and what goes against what. Because that's kind of, it, it kind of feels like I'm just trying to deal a bunch of damage right now. It kind of feels like there's no real strategy. Uh, I, the, I guess I mentioned the characters I have. One character I have is a straight out mage. The other character I have is... They they're dual they dual wield weapons like dual wield guns, but they use magical powers stuff like that with it. like so it's kind of arcane, and um you know it kind of feels like I'm just trying to deal out a whole bunch of damage wh- you know it, it, that's my end game but I have no strategy to it you know like I'm upgrading my moves and it's kind of hard for me to upgrade my moves when I don't really know I guess what areas I should be pushing into you know you can see the the, with the enemies, you can see what's you know what they're armored against. Like if they are armored against fire or armored against electricity, but you know that I think that only helps so much. Like it's like, well, what are skeletons weak against? Because I'll use that move. I'll use that move as opposed to using a move that they may not be so weak against. And to be honest with you, like the way it's kind of working, it kind of feels like everything does equal damage. And in a game like this, I can't imagine that being the case. And where that uh, I don't know. We were kind of like you know we were kind of higher level. Then we, we kind of out leveled the area quickly. Because right, I, right I especially saying, in the beginning, yeah, yeah. Which it wasn't I'm, until the last spot that we got to that it was like, oh, okay, we're the next dungeon that we were supposed to go into is like three levels over our head or something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like it's uh, actually in Borderlands when me and Ivan played Borderlands, um, we kind of had the same thing happen where we did so much stuff that we got that we were out leveling the mobs in each area and blowing through the game and i think that's kind of what happened to me and you because we covered we covered both of those or three i think we covered we, uh, covered three maps you know we covered three maps we did every single thing from the start to finish and i think we're that's why we were out leveling the area and started blowing through stuff I, i'm not i'm not i'm not complaining about the game but as of right now um there really doesn't feel any like they like there's any strategy to my gameplay with Torchlight 2. 
Yeah, I mean, it is a bit of, especially like early, it's, it, it seems like a bit of a just mindless button clicking, but I, and it's, I like, I guess not really in its defense, but like Diablo was the same way. Right. <laughs> Diablo was very much the same way. Like, it wasn't until later that you had to, you know, depending on your character, start, de- you know, developing different strategies for how you, how you move around, like you're dodging around and stuff with dungeon, you know, the, the demon hunters or whatever, like, I I feel like it'll get to that point, but I, and there's also the 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 other issue too is like weapons and stuff. I mean, like not only skills, but like you can pretty much use any weapon in Torchlight. Like between characters, like there's no class restrictions on weapons. It's just pretty much like how actual you know how much use is it actually to the class that you're doing. But it just puts so many options on your plate because you're like, well, I'm a berserker. Like my character is a berserker, and you start off with like the the fist weapons. Um, the the claws and it, soon you get like you know two handed hammers maces swords you know guns and everything else and it's like I can use all of this what's what's best and you do have like two sets of you know two weapon sets you can you know switch between but it's like okay well then should I just have a range set or should I just have like a different melee weapon like what's the you know what's the best way to go and it's kind of hard to figure it out at least to to start. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, you do get a lot of loot, and the fact that there are no restrictions, like, well, what do I actually use? Like, you know, I know my primary weapon's a staff from a mage. Right, because it starts you with, yeah. Well, what what should I use as my secondary? Right, I mean, if you're a mage, it's like, oh, I can use a bow and arrow. Like, should I do that? Like, does that, is that useful? (laughs) Exactly. I don't know. Uh, So, I don't know, like, you know, it's, well, I guess I would say it's not very noob friendly like the people who were really into dungeon crawls probably love it oh yeah yeah i could totally yeah. see that and i could i can i say hey that's totally fine with me i'm not i'm not here saying that oh they should make it more easy for me to understand it no it's my responsibility to learn how to play the goddamn game you know <laughs> so you know that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna learn how to play the game i'm gonna try to find out what's going on and uh i don't know i mean overall it seems good like if it was if if it didn't catch my attention the first time I probably wouldn't have said, hey, let's play it today. <laughs> you know? That's true. So, you know, I'm going to continue to play it and see what happens. And, uh, I don't know. One and day. Also, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and at 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, really, uh, it's not like you. It's it's a $20 game, and it might be better than Diablo. So, there's it's probably its biggest feather in its cap. I mean, like, if you like Dungeon Crawlers at all, then, like, yeah. Absolutely. You'll, you'll, you'll get through that, that first little, you know discombobulation of like oh man i get to choose and that's not a bad thing but it's like you just have to get used to it right right okay so uh let's get into our topics nick what do you want to talk about um i guess a few sort of interrelated topics um but i guess we can start with uh sony announcing the psn day one digital program uh we're going forward they're gonna have a bunch of games they've announced uh, i think what like eight games uh to start with uh that are going to be available for download uh on the psn uh the same day that they're released in stores uh so originally uh throughout the month of october uh resident evil 6 nba 2k 13 dishonored doom 3 bfg uh 007 legend legends medal of honor warfighter need for speed most wanted and assassin's creed 3 uh, will all be available uh, for download the day that they are released. Um, and although Sony's sort of d- done things to this, you know, in this vein before, uh, particularly with Mass Effect 3 and Borderlands 2 being available for download uh, when they were released, this is really sort of a, sort of like the first major initiative that they're really taking to sort of go in this direction. 
Um, and I find this interesting because it's really, I mean, Sony was when we, we you know, it was the Orbis that had the rumors that uh, it wouldn't even have a media port, that everything would be done with downloads. Um, and, you know, everybody quickly debunked that. Um, but I think it shows that if Sony's not necessarily going to get there, um, that's the direction they want to go. Um, because it can often be hard to play ball, I guess. Or not hard to play ball, but hard, hard to sort of pave your own way when you still have to play ball with the, the major retailers. Uh, and for them to be, you know, not turning their back on them, but for them to be like, no, we're going to do this and effectively we're going to cut into your profits. Um, you know, the consequences be damned. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm sure they'll still have a perfectly pleasant relationship with GameStop, but uh, I, th I think this is sort of, uh, I mean, it's, I think it's good for everybody. Uh, and I think it's an interesting direction for them to go in. Yeah, I, well, anybody who listens to this podcast should know that I'm a huge advocate of digital distribution. And I do believe this is uh, a step in the right direction. Uh, now, I'm not sure if those games will be at a discount. Did it mention that? Because I know. I think a few of them will if be. If you have PlayStation Plus, there's like right. uh, three of them, four of them, actually. At a discount. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah. uh, you know, for the Vita, any Vita game that's on PSN is like $5 off, you know? So if, you know, I'm not sure if they, they're going to extend that to, you know, these uh, these games coming out on PSN day one. But, I mean, this is a couple of things for Sony. One, uh, it definitely helps them out in terms of, well, you know, i can be honest with you, in sales in general. Because you know what? There are, how many times, I'm sure this happens to all gamers, but how many times you're like, ah, you know, I, I think I'm going to pick that game up, you know? But then you, you kind of forget about it. But what if it's flashing on your dashboard every time you turn on your PS3? You know, there's like, eh, why not? Or at the same time, it's like, you see the game, it's like, eh, why not? I, I don't have to go out to get it. It downloads for me. Whatever. You know, that Steam gets me like that all the time, not just with Steam sales. Like, you know, the little thing pops up for Steam, and it's like, this is now available. I'm just like, I'll do it. Yeah, it's a game, and it's like here's some new stuff, and it's like oh, let me just go, let me just scroll through these real quick, which is always the worst idea. Oh yeah, like, they'll get you. Like, there's always at least one thing that I'm like, oh, yep, kind of want that. Yeah, it's like I'll take it. But so yeah, it, it, I think in just in sales in general, giving consumers and uh, you know another outlet to buy games is always a good thing. But two, like I don't think they necessarily want to completely back away from retail, at least not right now, because retailers still do have some teeth. Actually, they still have large teeth as it stands. But I think um, this will give them some leverage if, let's say, you know, let's say it does start to kind of take away from the retail sales. You know what I'm saying? Or Sony shows that we don't need you to support our business. I think it gives them a, a better leg to stand, up, stand on when it comes to the retailers. Now, whether that trickles down on the consumers in a good way is something to be seen. But to be honest with you, I don't see them changing up the model the way they have it right now. I just know not too much now. Yeah, I don't know if the thing about retailers is like there's not going to be a single retailer that stops unless the deal is extremely bad. There's not going to be a single retailer that stops playing or stops uh, stocking PS3 games. Like you know, if Best Buy decided, oh no, we don't like the deal, we're not going to carry PS3. Target and everybody else would keep carrying it just just keep carrying. and yeah. that's just sales that best buy won't get you know hypothetically speaking um but yeah i think you know that things will just continue the way they are in terms i think it'll be a hybrid model for now but uh it 
if more people do start buying digital distribution, that there's no doubt that that cuts down costs for Sony. Um, the last thing though is the pre-owned sales. You know, like that. It, if you buy a digital copy of a game, and you know, as it stands right now, um, you really can't take that back. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't trade that in. So that it kind of negates pre-owned sales. It's kind of the same thing with like PC gaming right now and Steam. Like you know, those games are your games. Period. You can't trade them as of right now, you know. And who says in the future they wouldn't? You know, they wouldn't let you trade between, like, trade let players trade between themselves. You know, as opposed to having like you know a business middleman. I think that's the biggest problem with the secondhand market right now is the fact that there is somebody cashing in on it. You yeah. know, so they're keeping new games out of circulation and they're keeping the old ones in circulation. And that is becoming a problem. Now, how big that problem is may be exaggerated, you know, depending on who you have doing the research, which is a shame, you know. But uh, still, it's it's a problem when you don't have new units coming into play and you're keeping the old units in circulation. But, you know, I think if if, if Sony could see or if, you know, even whoever you know, all these publishers can see or, um, you know, hardware manufacturers or whoever's controlling networks that, you know... It's not so bad if it's just players, you know, trading with other players, you know. So, oh, I I like it. Obviously, it may actually, um, I don't know. It may cause me to buy more PS3 games. Like major titles, I'm always gonna buy, you know, a hardware version of it. You know, Assassin's Creed Three. Actually, everything on that list, I'd probably buy. You know, a physical copy, with the exception of Doom Three. I might actually pick up Doom 3 if I could download it. You know? Maybe. We'll see. I want to see, just to maybe maybe see what they've done with, you know, the whole flashlight thing and how it actually affects the game, because we know I had a problem with that before. <laughs> um, I, It's weird, like, I mean, they, they have been putting, a, like, I mean, you, Nick mentioned already, like, that they've had games on there before, like, Borderlands 2 was on there. I mean, like, I, I bought NCAA 13 from the PlayStation Store, because I was like, oh, I'm going to have to wait for it, and other places were sold out. It's like, well, you don't ever really sell out of digital, which is another thing. Yeah. Um, but, like, they've been doing it for a while, but, like, for them to get to the point where now it's like, here's here's eight games that we're going to list, and we're also going to make it, like, an initiative now means that there's also more games coming down the pipe that they already have set up then, because otherwise you wouldn't do this, really. You wouldn't just do it for these eight games and say, call it, you know... You would just do what you've been doing, which is just putting them out and saying, "Hey, they're they're available now." The same day that they're available in store, so I I think that's a good thing because it means that there's going to be even more things in the future that are day one, and I think that is the first step. I I don't know how much it gets back to the customers. I mean, like, yeah, sure, if I've got PlayStation Plus, I'm gonna get some of those games on sale, but the sale is relative. But at the same point, it's like, well, if it's sixty dollars and I'm sitting at home and I don't have to leave the house. Versus going out, then I might spend that sixty dollars at home. But on the other hand, too, if it's the same price, digital and on a disc, I might I probably want that hard copy. So it's a weird it's a weird toss up. Like I didn't really have a problem with NCAA thirteen. Like it runs fine. Like I mean, it's running on the you know off the drive, so it's it technically runs faster, or at least I would I think it does. Right. But uh, it's hard to see anything bad in it, and I really don't see. 
retailers getting too scared unless like you know sony starts backing away from retail but i don't think they can do that i don't even think the next generation i mean we've already talked about it but i don't even think they can do it with you know ps4 or anything like i don't I just don't think it's possible yet. People are still too attached. Like, even us, like being advocates of, of digital as much as we are, you know, are still talking like, oh, well, if it's a big game like Assassin's Creed 3, like, I'm going to get a disc because right. I want to, you know, like, I people still want something physical in their hands. Like, I'm not ready to just give up and get, let everything be, you know, digital, digital download that I can't control, you know, in a certain, to a certain extent. So. Yeah, I think whether or not they back away from retail depends on how retail does over the next few years. That's in true general. Too. That's the thing. Like if retail yeah, starts to bomb, give yourself another outlet. Yeah, exactly. If retail starts to bomb, they're like, okay, see ya. Like you know, that's it. Like Microsoft already has it with the Xbox Live Marketplace, but they just really don't push it. But Sony, this is an initiative. Like they're really trying to push this. And I don't know with the, with the different program Sony has I'm I'm kind of excited cuz what if they do something we know cuz we already know the Vita is just just pretty much just as powerful as the PS3. So what if they start, you know, you have these AAA titles that, you know, what if they work it in a way that now they work on the Vita too and you download, you know, you pay for the copy on PSN and bam, now both work for your Vita right. and the PS3. Have right. the cross play, you know. That will be I mean I'm I'm probably maybe reaching at stars here but it's not impossible. I can dream. Yeah, it's not impossible. I don't see it yet because I really haven't. Like, I, I would, I would love to see more fucking software for for Vita. It's like I'm excited, and it's funny because it's like in the same vein. Like, I could almost see like you know they're having like not derivative versions, but versions that are like good, complete you know games like the Assassin's Creed Liberation. But there's just not enough of that yet. But I would love to see something like that where it's like you know the same sort of idea for both. You know, for both systems simultaneously, but uh, who knows? Because development time and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, there's one. I have one more thing, and then we can go to the next topic. But the one thing Sony really needs to do to make this work, they have to speed up PSN. The only way, the only way Steam works is the fact that you know I can download a full game in less than an hour. You know, like when I, for example, like when I. I had to, uh, my TF2 corrupted. Like, you know, I think it was like Monday or Tuesday. And I had to delete TF2 and reinstall it. Uh, which, you know, means removing everything and then re-downloading everything from Valve. And then, you know, it actually installed on my system. The whole process took 30 minutes. You know? If you have a, you have a cable internet connection, the whole process took 30 minutes for me to do. How big is TF2 at this point? It's like 5 or 6 gigs. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, you know something that's weird too, and I mean, it still doesn't. It, the speeds do need to be better because it's really just a limitation on the system, the hardware itself. But I've, I, I can't even like really confirm it because I haven't like I haven't had like a real way to test it. But I really actually believe that PS Plus gets hot like faster download speeds than regular PlayStation. I think you're right because it, I noticed yeah. a difference between like because I'm like how like nothing has changed in you know my, pro- I mean, my provider or anything like that when we got PlayStation Plus I was like my downloads are going like super fast now like even like system updates which always you know when they have big system updates they take forever for no reason and then it's like I'm getting through them like oh I'm you know here's this gig game I've got it in you know five minutes and I'm like that's that's kind of par for the course like if I was on a computer and before it was like a gig game would be like a half an hour. Right. <laughs> so 
I don't know. I need to like. I need. Uh, it needs to be some sort of side by side. I even asked like a PlayStation rep, and they were like, "I don't. Th- I don't think there is." And it's like, at least it's not like a, I don't know. You know, it's at least yeah. it's not like a no. We don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why would they have to act like that's something to be ashamed of? I think that's probably well, valid thing to say oh by the way if you get our you know pay for service here's another little added bonus i guess but then you would list it as a feature you wouldn't just sneak yeah. it in there and then not say anything about it i don't right. know yeah. it would be well, hard to do that they probably, they, <laughs> unless, they, you, they, unless you thought you were going to make your non-paying customers mad that still buy your games in your system yeah, maybe there are problems with sony's marketing department <laughs> but, this guy uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. No, but actually, one thing I do find interesting though is that they announced that all these games are going to be available for download right on the heels of announcing the uh, the, the Super Slim, uh, or was it the, the the Super Slim new PS3 models with the all new giant hard drives. So I'm thinking that uh, you know now it's like, well, why do you need to upgrade your PS3 because you're going to need that storage because that's where all your games are going to sit instead of on the shelf. Right? Maybe. Oh, like that. That's. That's a really good point. I think they they're definitely packing. They're gonna be packing more larger hard drives in future hardware because they want you to go digital. Because it's definitely less expensive for them. Yeah. Definitely less expensive for them and them, their publishers and their developers. Every it's it's cheaper for everybody than going through the retail you know chain, which is it's pretty obvious. So, oh, we'll see how it develops. Hopefully, they continue down the path, but you know, make the necessary changes because. And hopefully it gets cheaper for us, but you know, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see about that. Doug. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, well, let's move on to our next topic, which Nick was trying to you know segue into. Segue, yeah, no, but uh, no. One other thing that I wanted to mention is there was an, edit- okay. <laughs> an editorial on uh, GameInformer.com um, regarding basically that that uh, video games should try to mimic the marketing model of. DVDs uh, and movies in particular. Uh, he, they talk about how when uh, the Avengers is out on DVD now or, or Blu-ray now, and you go to the store and there's a nice big kiosk where you can buy like all the Avengers movies. They've got you know the Captain America movie, the Thor movie, uh, the Iron Man yeah, movie. There, yeah, incredible Hulk. The box edition with all of that, and you don't really see that with games. They talk specifically about Borderlands and how Borderlands Two is out, and you still have to kind of look and dig for Borderlands One. And they're, you know, they, and he argues that you know just as you have like creator box sets like you know the he talks about how he has a hitchcock boxed set of you know all the all hitchcock's movies there should be like a box set of all like miyamoto's greatest movies or greatest games uh, which i'd totally be into but um and i think it's 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 a valid point from this perspective of if you look at the current model of physical media market you know in the marketing that but when you look at what sony's doing with the the, uh, you know the dlc that we just talked about it's 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 sort of short-sighted i mean this will help them now and even even then though something like this would help them because you did talk about how you might want to actually purchase the physical copy something like this if you have a box set that would make that would motivate you to go out and purchase that or at least order it off amazon um whereas you know you know in that case you get you get added value for your for you know buying the physical item whereas you know you don't get that if you just download a bunch of games onto your hard drive but I think it's 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 a valid it's it's a valid critique. I think they should be doing more of this, pushing more of the games, putting more you know packages of stuff together to encourage people to play it. Um, but at the same time, it is, it is short sighted because it doesn't take into account sort of you know the move to an all digital world. 
I think, but I think in a, in a sense for it, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with digital for like those companies necessarily. It has more to do with retail saying like, you know, we can give you this floor space for uh, a Metal Gear collection at the same time that, you know, Metal Gear Rising comes out. Even if somebody doesn't go into the store and get Rising because they feel some kind of way about it, you see a collection of every other Metal Gear game on the shelf with it. You're like, well, that, on the other hand, you know, it's weird, though, because I had two thoughts when I was reading it, though. And it was one was the fact that it kind of doesn't account for the the amount of playability in games sometimes it's like you may go back to certain games and play them over and over again but like it's in a way it seems like it's rare and rare to do that like sure you may play a game that you got recently like a couple of times or you maybe go back and play something that you got last year a couple of times but usually like it's either like i want what's new or i want nostalgia like there's not really like a really good in between like if borderlands 2 is out i'm not gonna sit and play borderlands like I, his argument wasn't to do that. His argument was for somebody that wants is interested in Borderlands and they see Borderlands two and they don't want to necessarily start with the second one. That like, oh well, now I can get Borderlands one and maybe I'll even get both. But I mean, like the the typical customer is people who buy those games, like people who want sequential games or people who played the previous one. So I'm not going to want Borderlands one when I get Borderlands two. If and that and that's not even counting the fact that you know, like you may already have it, but. Um, I in it, but it, it's weird though because like it, the movies are I don't know movies are different in the sense that like you can just sit down and pop a movie in and you can watch it and that can kind of occur any time and it's only like you know a couple hours of your time whereas a game it you know took how many hours to get through you know Borderlands right. or Metal Gear yeah. Solid Four that it's not the same sort of like piecemeal experience. So it, I I I agree with his point honestly. It's just that that was my first thought was like well games aren't like movies in that way you know but from a collectability standpoint too i guess i could see it from there too yeah and like having a box set of let's say you know whatever creative director's best greatest hits you know with when it comes to movies i guess that those directors will have very similar movies you know what i'm saying whereas when it comes to games like you could be a creative director on any type of game any genre it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna wanna you know play that i guess that's probably why he said miyamoto because miyamoto it's like there's differences in his games but like they're still kind of unified but between you know like three or four different properties you know it's like you've got your mary you've got your zelda you've got you know pikmin is like you know your newest example but they're all recognizable even if they are a bit different. Oh, they are recognizable, but I, I but, mean, I'm pretty sure we all know somebody or people who they love Mario, but don't necessarily get into Zelda. That's true. Or specifically, you know, maybe not like Pikmin. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it's just, it's just. I think it's it's too different, and you really would only need to have a box set of games that had a, a consistent story. You know, like Assassin's Creed was a good example. Like right. that would make a good box set if you can get. The, the Assassin's Creed, you know, you know everything up and down the box set. However, most box sets only come out after a series is complete, or at least complete to a certain point. Right. You know, so with Assassin's Creed, they don't even know. They don't. They, we're at three right now. We don't know when if they're if they're gonna go to a four. If they have four in the works, you know, and that's that's part of the problem. And then 
on top of that, it's it's actually getting that product on retail shelves. I think that's the bigger problem, especially when you talk video games. Like GameStop doesn't have enough room for the crap that comes out already. Like you put out a box set the same day that a game comes out, they're not even going to have it in their store probably. You know, like they, everything is focused on what's new and a lot of like, you know, video specific video game retailers and even in you know, even in Best Buys and stuff like that, it's all it's all what's new because gaming is always about more what's new than what's intermediately old. Like we're not even talking like old old because you know there's HD remakes and stuff to kind of account for the old old games. But you know, and and yeah, they are coming out well after the games you know have been out. I mean, like sure, Devil May Cry collection comes out you know on the anniversary of Devil May Cry, but like the next Devil May Cry doesn't come out until 2013. Right. So in a sense, it's like it's kind of silly in that way. But I, I, I understand why it doesn't happen. But I agree that it probably should happen more. But only with certain, like only with certain things. Like I, Assassin's Creed, good example. Even if you don't know where Assassin's Creed's going to stop, you have four games already. Like that's enough for a box set. At least you, you know collect it to this point. Sort of, you know. I think people would understand if you know you didn't do it when Assassin's Creed, you know, say there was an Assassin's Creed 4, they would understand if you didn't collect Assassin's Creed 1 through 3. Right. And set again after you just did it, you know, when Assassin's Creed 3 came out. But I think that it, it would be nice to see, I guess, I guess more thought in that sense. Like, you always see these big, crazy collector's editions for new games and stuff like that, but, like, why not give me a box set of, you know, a collection of the games in the series, you know? You, you, might, you, might, you might tap something that you don't know. I think the other part is that that companies are infamously greedy. Right. So to put it something in a box, that means that you're pricing down most of the stuff that's in it. That's too. the next thing I was going to say, like how much would those box sets be? Right. Cause you know, how much is brotherhood right now? How much, you know, like I know Assassin's right. Creed, yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed, you could probably get for like 10 bucks. Assassin's Creed two, you can definitely get for 20 bucks. Revelations and brotherhood. They are, um, I don't think they're at the $20 mark yet. Yeah, and it's like not until that collection comes out, which is going to be forty bucks. Not until that collection comes out, are they going to drop in price either? Right. So it's not like the games don't have like a a decent slow like slow trend downward to like a a reasonable level, whereas movies and stuff seem to. Blu-ray is a little bit weird, but like at least DVDs, you could see you know when movies were coming out at twenty five, and slowly it's like okay, well you end up with like a ten dollar movie eventually. Yeah. Games, it's like sixty dollars, twenty dollars. Yeah. And that's, that's actually that, that brings up the topic of you know variable pricing which is a whole nother conversation <laughs> so i mean i i could I, i'm not gonna say that the idea uh can't work at all i mean it definitely can work but i just don't think it's it, it's in the same vein as movies because you know, it definitely feels harder for a game to get on shelves than movies to get on shelves even though you know they like in terms of in terms of you know revenue a lot of games are making not a lot actually that's maybe that's the problem because a lot of games aren't making movie money you know the publishers aren't getting as much revenue you know from a game as they would from the average movie aren't we always talking though about how developers like to think that they're in the movie industry well you know <laughs> thinking you're in the movie industry is totally different than actually being in the movie industry and having that money you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. Like, say, uh, Call of Duty is a blockbuster. 
by anybody's standards. You know what I'm saying? It's a blockbuster by anybody's standards. And, you know, we have again a box set of Call of Duty. That may not be so difficult to do because, you know, that it, it makes a lot of money. They probably have more than enough money to put a box set together for that. But let's say you have a, um, you know, you have games like, let's say, the Jack and Daxter series or, um, you know, even Assassin's Creed. Um, you know, Max Payne. Max Payne would have made a, would make a great box set. Make a great box set. But, you know, realistically, how much money has the series made? It's adored by fans. It deserves a box set, but how maybe it would have made more if there was a box set. Real would it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just it's just you know, it just doesn't feel like it's the same thing. I I just find it funny though. You guys keep talking about the lack of shelf space, but if everything goes DLC, that'll free up a bunch of shelf space. That would free up a bunch of shelf space. You're absolutely right. <laughs> So uh, well, we'll see. I mean, like I said, it's, it's not totally impossible. But hey, well, I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes. All right, but uh, moving on to our next topic. Uh, no, Rob, you were up next. So what do you want to talk about? Well, uh, Nick kind of went towards it before, but um, Sony PR uh, they actually ended up cutting loose uh, uh, PR representatives recently. Um, they had recent layoffs for Sony because, you know, their financials haven't really been good. But that is actually not the story. Um, one of the PR representatives, Will, Will Powers, uh, said that they have doomed many of their titles and they're serving too many masters. He said, in typical fashion, they're sending titles out to die because they have no PR support. And he mentions the games Little Big Planet Carding, Sports Champions 2, Wonder Book. Uh, worst part is the PR department was already understaffed. I feel sorry for those that remain there because their workload just doubled. Um, he said they, they outsource entirely too much work to overpriced agencies, so laying off is only going to exacerbate a, an existing problem. Uh, he has since deleted his tweets, but, you know, unfortunately, the internet, she remembers everything forever. So, um, and he also said that uh, Sony has served too many masters so uh, because of their TVs. He said PlayStation shouldn't suffer because TVs are overpriced. Um, yeah, that's just a classic case of burning a bridge and sticking your foot in your mouth, at least to me. Um, I have no idea what they're going to do without me. Yeah, <laughs> basically, uh, how dare they? I mean, they're already screwed. And it's like, well, if you thought that you were working PR, then wouldn't you? Wouldn't wouldn't your thing as a PR person be to kind of fix at least the things that you can? Like these games are important, probably, so we should put more PR on those. Like right. be proactive, maybe. Maybe when the guy laid off, I don't know. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't know. I mean. Uh, it's it's weird because I can't say they have no PR support. I just think that they have PR support that they're they're using for the things that they feel like you know matter yeah. more. I can yeah. tell you they do have PR support. Their PR support shows me they're there every day when they send me PRs. That is also <laughs> true. Yeah, you know their their PR support's there. Right, just not just not for Wonderbook. <laughs> right, it's and it's weird because even Wonderbook, it's like you know they got entirely too. We were talking about beforehand; they got entirely too much time at E at E three with that, and it's like they that is still PR time, regardless of what you think about it. It's like it's not like Wonderbook is coming out and nobody ever heard of it. Right, anybody who watched E three was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I get it, I get it. We got it. Like, I mean, really, it's like 
you know, certain things, it's like, you know, sports champions too. Like, sure, yes, maybe it's not getting like a huge PR boost, but does it need it? I mean, like, does it justify it? Like, seriously, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It's it's just weird because it's like, well, on a certain level, I was looking at it like, well, maybe he's trying. Maybe he has a good point. Like, maybe he's got something going on. It's like, well, I kind of don't really see his point. It just seems like he's upset. Honestly, that's what it come across. Like that's what it came across as. And even if you are trying to make a legitimate, you know, uh, you know, a statement about something, it it's gonna look bad because you just got laid off. Yeah, it, it seems like sour grapes. And I mean, like that's gonna happen in any job. Like anytime you do that, even if you are just trying to be reasonable and stuff, like not gonna come across that way. You you sound like you're upset. I can't imagine that Sony would cut. You know, cause, you know when they, when a company does layoffs, they have to look at what's coming, which is the holiday season. Like it's the biggest, it's the biggest season for them. You know, they're gonna make the bulk of their revenue within the next four months. I can't see Sony just cutting so much of their PR department off to the point where that it's gonna hinder them. You know, they're gonna be they're running lean. You know, obviously they're, they're they gonna be to. running lean. They're they're, they're gonna be running lean. That, and people who and people who work there, their workload will be higher. But Sony wouldn't have cut, you know, the people they cut unless they thought the people that were still going to be there could do the job. You know, now if this was like January or February, it's a different story. Like, okay, maybe they're gonna they're cutting a little bit too much. But Sony didn't become Sony. Sony is not still Sony, and PlayStation is not PlayStation, or, or as big as you know all those things are. By being by doing stupid things, TV business different story, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yes, it is certainly. And that, like, I, I guess, like maybe that was the one I was like, okay, I could see that because they did try and like for a little bit to like push 3D real fucking hard with like with PlayStation, but they've since like pretty much abandoned it, honestly. Yeah. So it's not like they they stuck with a sinking ship in that regard. Like like they know that that's not where they need to be. You know, for for PlayStation, it it wasn't gonna matter. You can't use PlayStation to post 3D TVs on people because people just people are only gonna care if they're gonna care. And uh, PlayStation pushing it wasn't gonna make them care, and it wasted valuable time. PlayStation could have been using to get get in the game, you know, or get further into the game. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's not like when they push the, the the 3D TVs and push these other initiatives. It's not like the PlayStation focus strictly on that it was like an add-on it was an add-on like they spent a little too much time talking about during e3 and stuff but at the same time you still had your uncharted killzone threes and like everything else that was still coming out that you know was strong first party stuff even when they were doing that so it's not like it wasn't like that was the only thing they ever talked about either exactly like you know they did the smart thing which you know unlike you know let's say something like microsoft where they changed their entire dashboard to work better with connect and to kind of pressure you into getting connect, you know, but the, with PlayStation, like they didn't make any enhancements to the dashboard or do things that would cause players to have to, you know, to have, to have an overall better experience with 3d than if they didn't do 3d. Right. Same thing with move. Like they didn't change anything for move either. Like it's, it's an add on, like it's not something that replaced anything. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, that, uh, it's, you know, so I think Sony as a company, as a whole company, is suffering because maybe as a company they may be putting too much into TVs, and maybe they need to back off a little bit or rethink their strategy. You know, 
I'm not a you know technology specialist, <laughs> so I can't tell you well, what that technology. Yeah, yeah well, that technology. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you what they, they need to do to make that work. But I can I can definitely tell you that across the board, Sony's probably doing some layoffs in other departments. You know, and this isn't the only department that they that they have to do this. But you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to get by well enough, well enough. You know, over the next four months, and the thing, I, I, Sony is not. I mean, Sony is Sony. You know, their PlayStation. A lot of their news just comes out. They don't need a huge marketing push for it. They don't need commercials for it. They don't need a whole bunch of people in a in a room with a think tank trying to figure out how are we going to get this information to people. Right? How are we going to tell people about little big carding? Exactly. You, you don't. You don't oh. need to. Like, he, if it were Uncharted or something, and it was sitting on a shelf somewhere, and nobody's talking about the game, but it's coming out in November or something, then yes, you have a problem. Exactly. But that's not what's happening. And with the way game journalism works right now, if Sony releases a PR, you know, if to somebody, if if somebody types up a PR for Sony and sends it to, you know, just sends it to Joystick, Destructoid, uh, IGN, it's gonna get out. As long as it's a big enough thing, yeah. Exactly, it, it, it's gonna get out. So, but are those? I guess. The, I guess the one question I have though is, I mean, that's all the gaming news, but there is a broader market than just the gaming world, and and I wonder if maybe he's not sort of referring to maybe TV commercials or sort of certain marketing pushes that don't sort of organically happen just by having a large company that is followed in the news. Especially in the gaming news. I don't think so because he's really specifically talking about games. Like, I mean, he says Sony a lot, but he, like, I mean, he even says, like, you know, they do many of their titles, like, talking about Sony, but that means you're talking about the PlayStation brand. So, like, I don't, I don't think he's talking about Sony on a whole except for the whole TV thing. Like, I don't know. Oh, but it seems very specific. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he definitely is targeting games here and from you know uh, a gaming perspective i think you know the news will get out just fine you know with what they have what i what i find funny is that he in targeting games he specifically mentions three games which he feels are being undermarketed and so by doing that he's actually brought attention to those three games because if not for him we wouldn't be talking about little big planet carding sports champions tour the wonder book right now not even a chance we'd be so talking about right, it right now we're, you know so right now he's actually helping champion his cause so you know maybe I that even, was, the, that that was his true noble goal too. with these self-destructive tweets yeah but, uh, <laughs> i didn't no, even know the, they had a sports championship too but the other the other thing I wonder too is you guys have talked about how sort of the Wonder Book and uh, some of the other little missteps that EA made back at E3 as far as I guess budgeting their time properly. And I wonder if maybe if some of those people who got laid off aren't some of the people who maybe pushed for a, lo- a longer time frame for the Wonder Book, or, you know, stuff of that nature. Maybe these people may you know maybe deserve to kind of be, <laughs> just yeah, be cut that's off. True. He's the only person like I've heard mention Wonder Book since E3. <laughs> I don't know if people mention Wonderbook since E3, but it's like, that's not, like, for us, Wonderbook's not going to be important. Like, Wonderbook, like I said before, like, Wonderbook's going to be on, you know, on kids' channels and stuff like that when it it comes out. They're not going to do a huge PR, you know, they're not going to do a huge marketing blitz on that stuff. They're going to do, they're going to do enough to get, you know, parents to notice or they get their kids to ask them about it because, you know, oh, you can put Harry Potter into a video game and, like, it, you know, comes to life or whatever. That's enough. Done. Like I can, I can give some free PR advice on how to market the Wonder Book. Take the word "book" out of it. 
That's how you market Wonder Book right there. Uh, so sad. The kids so these sad. days, they're not. Nah, I know. Call I know. it, call it something Kindle? else. That's what I'm saying, though. It's got to be small. It's got to be smaller kids. Kids that don't haven't gotten that stigma yet from like, oh, the books. Oh no, books. It's like that. There's that. There's like that gap from like six to twenty something. <laughs> it's like kids just don't the want wonder, anything to do with a book. The wonder not book. Yeah. They need to get LeVar Burton to push that. Dude, seriously, I don't know. That was their biggest misstep. There you go. There's their biggest PR misstep. You should have had LeVar Burton on stage when you were doing the Wonder Book. Like, at E3. Done. But anyway, the the only other thing we can move on, I thought was funny, aside from him being a PR person and making a decidedly non-PR friendly move with this thing, as he talks about them outsourcing too much to overpriced agencies, and it's like, well, number one, I'm like, why did they outsource to overpriced agencies? And number two, overpriced agencies gave you Kevin Butler. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Mic drop, done. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, that, that did more for Sony PR, like, or for Sony, like, in a PR sense, than, like, anything, anything yeah. recently. Now he's pushing so. tires. That- <laughs> <laughs> that is true. They did his job. Kevin Butler, like that, really that changed how could, people thought about Sony, PlayStation. Yeah. They could fire the whole PR department and just rehire Kevin Butler. And <laughs> seriously, perfect. There you go. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, pretty much. Who knows? Maybe they're just maybe they're not trying to save money on PR. Maybe they're just going to take your salary and put it toward another company <laughs> who gets the <them laughs> results. Hey man, this is business. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make yourself a pillar. And if you don't, well, you're just a sandbag that can be moved. So that's a great analogy. I'm gonna keep that one. <laughs> uh, you know, when Mash gets big enough and we have to fire somebody, you didn't, you didn't make yourself a pillar. <laughs> you're just you're, a sandbag, and you're being moved. <laughs> you're a sandbag. <laughs> Your analogies are what make you a pillar. <laughs> Why? Thank you, Nick. Uh, but let's uh, move on to our final topic here, and this one shouldn't be too long. <laughs> um, I always say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so basically, uh, 3D Realms, who I actually thought was done, I thought the company had actually collapsed, but apparently not. 3D Realms, the people who could not bring you Duke Nukem Forever, um, they are working on a new game called Earth No More. And it's a first-person shooter that was uh, inspired by War of the Worlds. And they are looking for crowdfunding to help uh, bring the game to fruition. Uh, to try to, to, to bring the game out. Now, you know, Duke Nukem Forever could have definitely been a one-off. Because what was that, 13, 14 years in the making? Before <laughs> it came out? That but short? This, yeah, this game was already late. It's 2000, it was supposed to come out in 2009, this game. And it's it's already late. It's it's 2012, and uh, it'll be 2013 soon. So for, for 3D Realms, that's on schedule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh... so far, <laughs> you know. But I mean, like, it's already it's already late. It's it's run to its fair share of problems. Like they were sued because you know somebody alleged that they were you know trying to steal the game's concept. And that's hilarious. Did you actually read about specifically? About the lawsuit. No, no. Go ahead. The company literally pitched a game called uh, Earth No More. Earth No More, and then they turned them down for it. 3D Realms turned them down for it, and then later, as a game called Earth No More, that shares the exact same concept as the game. (laughs) 
At least that's what the lawsuit alleged. Wow. I was like, that's worse that you didn't even try. It. If that's true, wow. you didn't even try. I mean, I guess it must have gotten hashed out somehow, but I'm like, that's... That's worse than Zenga. That is worse than <laughs> Zenga. At least we'll rename it. Trying to hide it's it. Still, it's still somebody else's sprites. You know what I'm saying? They'll try. <laughs> They'll try. But this is just straight up, oh, we don't like it. And they're like, get to work on that immediately. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's kind of crazy. It's alleged. It's not proven. But right. if it is proven, we are having a special edition. <laughs> that There's a lot to be said about that. But uh, uh, 3D realms, they really... Because the thing about Duke Nukem Forever, it wasn't that there wasn't enough money to complete it. They poured money into that game over and over and over again. It's just that the things couldn't come together. They couldn't get the job done. And when it was almost done, that's when they started running to financial issues, which is amazing, if you ask me. That didn't happen earlier. But, um... Yeah, they're just, you know, they, yeah. it, it, technically speaking, it's kind of different. It's kind of a different 3D realms because, you know, a lot of the people who were in 3D realms are now in other places. But it's still, it kind of leave, it will, it leaves a bad taste in a lot of gamers' mouths. I mean, me, like, I would never, ever, like, give a crap from this game. Because, like I said, it's already late. And Duke Nukem Forever took, you know, took forever. And on top of that, Duke Nukem Forever was a terrible game. And I don't blame Gearbox for that at all. Because they said they weren't. Yeah, they said they weren't changing anything. They were just putting it out. They're just putting it out. Yep. And that was all 3D realms. It was a terrible game. So that's another thing. Like, as far as I'm concerned, like your latest game that took 14 years to make is awful. Why would I kickstart this game, Earth No More, based off of World War on the Worlds, uh, War of the Worlds? Sorry, which um. I mean, I don't really. We haven't really seen many successful games that's that's followed behind with that, unless you count the uh, the Colossi from StarCraft Two. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's. I just don't. I don't. I don't think it's gonna work out that great, and I can't put my trust into a development house that can't get a a, a game they were working on for fourteen years out. That's that's just, that's just me. But- but maybe they maybe they would have if they had the opportunity, you know, at some point in that 14 years to collect free money from the fans. Maybe that's all they were missing is that now now the concept of, of, of Kickstarter that will allow them to finally have whatever magic number dollar amount that they always needed to complete these games at, at all. Not even on time at all. But. Uh, well, I yeah. don't think I don't think Kickstarter money is any more magical than regular money. <laughs> regular investor money. <laughs> be honest with you, uh, well, it is only because it's free. Regu- regular investor money, you actually have to give something back. Kickstarter money, you just take. That is I mean, true. You give back whatever your alleged rewards are, but other than that, like you could say, like you guys are getting nothing back on this, and as long as people like the idea of a, a stolen War of the Worlds clone, yeah, they'll throw their money at you. Yeah. Well, my my stance on this, even if you know, even if um they could get the game out, I'd be worried about quality, personally. Yeah, I, even with, like, a new concept and stuff like that, it's like, uh, it's... In a way, there's almost too much bad history, even though the bad history is all of one game, but it's 14 years worth of bad history with that one game, so that's enough history right there. To, that could have been three other off. bad games they could have released in that it, time. Exactly. <laughs> may, have been, may have hurt you less, in a sense. 
and then you didn't even release that game. So it's like, yeah, like I, I think that that's the definitely a case of you know buyer beware, in in a sense, if you if you do choose to back something like that. Yeah. So I look before you leap. <laughs> you know, really take it take into consideration. I think the the, the people who kickstart games, I don't think they're really uh. You're not really going to be digging this too much, but we'll see. I'll be surprised if they get the funding, you know. But, you know, that's when you, especially when you're dealing with crowdfunding, reputation has a lot to do with it. Reputation has a lot to do with it. So, uh, we'll see. But, um, yeah, that's going to end our topics. Let's talk about what's coming out next week, shall we? Uh, so we got Resident Evil 6, which, um, you know, I'm real surprised they decided not to change the logo. Every time I see the logo, I just see a guy giving the giraffe a blowjob. <laughs> Dude, once you've seen it, you can't unsee yeah. it. Yeah. Somebody pointed that out to me. I was like, God damn it. It's there, yeah. Forever okay. now. Forever. Yeah, so that is the... that that. Is bad marketing. That's a marketing decision. What, what 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 if there is a giraffe at the end of the game though, and and Felicio is implied? <laughs> like, oh my oh, god! Jeffrey. What if the giraffe is the, like the new like tyrant? <laughs> oh no! Stars! <laughs> <laughs> oh god! If that uh, it would never come to PC, but if somebody made a PC mod of Nemesis as a giraffe, that would be incredible. Bursting through walls, <laughs> that would be incredible. But okay, yeah, we got Resident Evil 6, um, Hell Yeah comes to PC, Hell Yeah, Wrath of the Dead Rabbit, which we actually should have a review up for that probably by the time it comes out. Um, let's see, what else is coming War of the Roses is supposed to come on PC? I think that might have gotten pushed back, to be honest with you. That is, um, did you, did you play that at PAX, War of the Roses? I didn't get a chance to, no. I, it was just something I didn't need. I was like, okay, that, that exists, and then kind of went by it. It's like a first-person medieval game. Yeah, it's first-person. It's first-person. Like, I mean, the bows and stuff, are, Like I think that's the cool part, but I'm not a big fan of, like, first-person sword fighting. It doesn't tend to work very well, but... Yeah, because it, it, it literally turns into just button-clicking. <laughs> you know? It's like watching the. It's like watching that YouTube video. Of those two, like you know, little children doing taekwondo. That's what it looks like. You ever see that video? No. no. You. Know, I'll, I'll share the link. Cause these two little All kids right. trying to do taekwondo, and they they're trying to do spin kicks, but they just keep turning around in circles. They're lifting <laughs> their legs, and they never hit each other. <laughs> but that's what it is because you start chopping before you get to the person oh yeah you're, you're chopping just, away you're like uh, yeah that's not sword fighting <laughs> yeah until you finally get the hit and you're just hoping that you get that you land the hit you know what i'm saying so that's that's why like you know sports champions it's like oh you can actually like you know actually fence and shit right that but it's like motion control not right Click, click, click uh, your mouse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I played it. It was solid. It was solid when I played it. And I I enjoyed playing with the bow, but not necessarily with the, with the weapons. Even though I had a mace and I whacked the shit out of somebody, that was pretty funny to watch. <laughs> Whacking somebody with a mace in first person is entertaining. Don't know if it's worth buying though. Right. <laughs> That's the thing. Um. But yeah, Raw is coming out like with stands for you know Realms of Ancient War, and I. I was like WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I've 
heard of it, but I can't, I know it's like a I can't remember if it's a, it's either an RTS or a uh, I, oh no sorry it's a hack and slash RPG. So I don't know that seems kind of interesting. I might I might check it out and see and see what that's about. Um, for game of the week though, how about you? You want you guys want to do hell yeah? Hell yeah. Hell yeah! Hell I don't yeah! Know if right I'll be getting it, but I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I think it's probably more re- the most reasonable. Yeah. Well, it only works if at least two of us get it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, uh, it certainly looked. Uh, it certainly looked good. I mean, I volunteer Mikey to get it. There you go. Done. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> um, what were other choices again? <laughs> oh, buck up, uh, somebody. <laughs> I'll leave it up to you guys. <laughs> it's up to us. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I guess game of the week will be hell yeah, you know, because like I said, no, well, October 4th is when Raw comes out, and that's Thursday, so that would be after we record this. I mean, I would say Resident Evil 6, but I don't even know if I'm like, I, that's I, a $60 I, game. Yeah, I'd definitely be out of that because yeah. I just, I haven't, I've never had like a huge, huge love of Resident Evil since like the very early ones. And it it's the same, you know, actiony, you know, no, sort of direction right. it's gone into. So I just yeah, can't. that's the thing. Like that's I'm that like I'll I'll pick it up eventually. I, mean, I don't even know if I'll pick it up. I'll definitely play it eventually. But I don't even know. Just the way they've been going with the Resident Evil series, it's almost like why am I playing this? Because it's not the same, you know. So all right, hell yeah, Wrath of the Dead Rabbit. That is the game of the week. Um, we'll we'll, we'll be talking about next week. Um, but as well, that's going to wrap us up here. So, um, you know, you can catch us on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash mash those buttons. We're also on uh, iTunes, so you can catch us there. Uh, I do know that there is a problem with the iTunes feed. You can only get up to episode 65. Um, but I have identified the problem and working on fixing it. So soon, that will be working again. So if you subscribe to us on iTunes, you won't know about this fix until it's fixed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stay on SoundCloud right now. <laughs> when I give you the all clear, go to iTunes. <laughs> um, but um, you can also catch us on Twitter.com slash MTB site. You can catch us on Facebook.com slash smash those buttons. Also, you can catch us on Stitcher Smart Radio. Um, which is, you can stream that from your iOS or Android device. Uh, also, now you can um, play us offline, too, so you can save us to Stitcher. Uh, YouTube.com slash Mash Those Buttons, which has our, our Mash That series going on, which we released parts one and two for the FPS series. Well, not FPS series, but FPS episode. Um, we got, you know, some of you guys said, you know, you liked this show, but it was kind of long, which it is like each one was like usually about 20 to 23 minutes. So, you know, we took a look at it and then, you know, we edited it down, you know, to be, let's say, like, you know, 12 minutes. One episode wasn't, it, it was meant, like, we talked about so much stuff that it was missing a lot of the meat of it. So we decided to have one episode and then split into two parts. So hopefully, uh, you guys like that more. It's a bit more digestible. Uh, and that way you can, uh, you know, smaller package, same great taste, <laughs> you know, to actually, uh, you know, be able to you know watch that in two parts. So uh, let us know. Give us feedback like you have been. And uh, we, we 
definitely appreciate that so we can make any changes uh, that we think may be necessary. So, yeah, that's going to wrap us up here. And uh, as always, we thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Till next time. Have a great weekend.